folks you are listening to our podcast could be your life my name is the slowest podcast in history (laughs) (laughs) uh look i'm just trying to have fun with the intro all right it's uh you know you can get too routine with it and then it stops it stops being uh exciting you know yeah, it's like it's like uh spicing up your marriage. Exactly. You got to add a little add a little paprika, add a little cumin. Sure. You know, you don't want <laughs> you don't want a lack of cumin in your podcast. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm Caroline. Y'all know who I am. <laughs> I'm Jeff. I'm your favorite. Yeah, I guess. You you probably are most people's favorites. I just I just say stupid shit and people respond to that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. 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 But we have a guest today, and she's not gonna say stupid shit. Well, we don't know that yet, but. Okay. All right. Well. Hi, I'm Eve, and if if that was the the paprika, the cumin of this podcast, then I'm the sticking your finger up someone's ass of the podcast, Ooh. really Woo! spicing up the marriage. <laughs> Whoa. A little too spicy. <laughs> I don't know if we're going to be able to finish this dish. Not safe for work. We got fingers <laughs> in everyone's asses. Um, <laughs> this is probably our dumbest episode yet. We're only a couple minutes in. Uh, Eve, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm very good. Uh, what, what band are we talking about today? We're talking about Nine Inch Nails, and um, I I love Nine Inch Nails a whole lot. Um, I think, I, I don't know, I think Trent Reznor is just the best at, at doing the whole making music thing. Like, he's just, he's just better than everyone else at it, and his sounds sound better than everyone else's sounds, and I'll cry if anybody says anything other than that. Uh, <laughs> Caroline, is it your turn now? <laughs> uh I guess so. Uh, yes, that is the band that we're talking about. <laughs> and I might make someone cry on this podcast. I'm pretty. I can't uh, wait. I'm pretty I excited. I cannot wait. I cannot wait. Um, and the thing about Nine Inch Nails, and my problem with Nine Inch Nails, is that I should have listened to Nine Inch Nails when I was 12, and I didn't because I thought that was like scary music. Mm-hmm. And so instead, I didn't do that, and I got really into like anime. <laughs> and then, like a few years later, at the end of high school, I got really into Throbbing Gristle. And then I was like, "Oh well, Nine Inch Nails. That's like bullshit for babies. I only listen to White House and Sutcliffe Jugend, and I'm really cool." <laughs> See, for most people, Nine Inch Nails is their gateway to that stuff. Yeah, see, I do everything backwards. It's Mm -hmm. like, I didn't start listening to, like, I don't know, fucking... I didn't get into Sonic Youth until after I'd already gotten into, like, Merzbo and shit. Like, I knew who they were, and I liked (laughs) them okay, but I didn't really get into them until I got, like, in the deep end of Mm -hmm. things. 
I'm the person there. You start with the finger up the ass, and then and then you go, <laughs> then you go backwards. Then you get the Cuban. <laughs> yeah. Or that's, common that's in what, this case. That's what right? uh, that's what we in the biz like to call a spicy meatball. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so, so I guess Caroline, you don't really have a history with. I think you told me the only song you even knew by them was "Closer" until. Uh... I knew that, and I knew this one video where it was like it follows, uh, it follows a the water flushing down a toilet, and then it goes through all the pipes and stuff, and then there's like a person at the end in a leather like gimp costume with their mouth over the pipe. I don't even know that video. You don't know that? I I was reading about it it, on Wikipedia before. I don't remember what it was called. It was weird. I actually wanted to watch it, but I forgot. Wait, is that the? Is that okay? Wait, is that? It's like some instrumental song. Okay, yeah, that must be something off of Broken. Yeah, yeah, because there was like, they made like a whole like. There's like a VHS of that whole album, that um. I've only seen parts of it, but okay. Well, I saw that part of it, mm-hmm. and it was weird, and I thought it was kind of cool. But I was like, I'm too good for Nine Inch Nails, mm-hmm. and that's a stupid belief to have because I'm not too cool for anything. Where did you see that? On the YouTube.com. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, well, it was what, for what? Uh, it was for uh, I think the song um, Pinion. Yeah, yeah. Which I guess I thought was maybe like a reference to like that Vladimir Nabokov book, but it's not. That's Penin. I don't know. I don't know how to read. (laughs) (laughs) It's missing a few letters. I don't know shit. Yeah, well, I thought maybe he did that on purpose. Mm. I don't know. I don't know what I thought. Mm, All right. Uh, so Eve Nine Inch Nails is your favorite band, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty much. Why is That's, that? Um, I yeah, I don't know. I I like like I keep I I, I listen to a lot of different music. I I say that, but it's really just like anything <laughs> that kind of sounds like harsh and weird and angry. Um, and like I I come. I, I go and I like 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 I'll spend a few years like getting into like noise music or black metal or whatever. And then I come back to Nine Inch Nails after a few years. Um and I'll always just be like, oh yeah, this this is just the bet like all of the sounds sound better than everybody else's sounds. And and Trent Reznor's just like all of his all of his songs are just really like compelling and they just sound right for my ears, which um I I I've been I've been recording D and D podcasts or doing D and D live streams and smoking weed all goddamn weekend, so I'm <laughs> <laughs> I'm like really tired right now. You've been living the dream. <laughs> yeah. Sounds like a great weekend. Yeah. <laughs> I know that doesn't sound like an exhausting weekend, but <laughs> I kind of I kind of get it though. <laughs> um I've done acid before and then like I was more exhausted than I've ever been in my whole life, and all I was doing was like watching Mr. Show and making jerk off hands at people. <laughs> We've all been there. Yeah. 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 Um. Well, that's uh cool. I mean, did you did you find Nine Inch Nails as uh 
as a teenager or yeah yeah as um when i was when i was a I guess when I was a teenager, I, I I wanted to be a cool goth kid, so I got into like there was a there was a guy at school who I had a crush on, and he liked Rob Zombie, so I got into Rob Zombie and um, meant to and... slam in the back of his Dragula. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, I saw my and... chance and I went for it. <laughs> Um, so that that got me into Marilyn Manson, and that led to my dad digging up an old copy of the the Downward Spiral on uh, on CD that he'd had lying around since like the '90s, and and from there I kind of just um, I I was I was collecting CDs um, because I was I spent my high school perpetually grounded from the internet for having uh, shitty grades, and so um, I, there was just this uh, this old. Um, sadly closed down used cd store in austin texas called cheapo discs and i would always just like uh grab like i i got front 242 nine inch nails mindless self-indulgence i had myself quite a bit of a time i knew a kid in high school that was like mindless self-indulgence was like his grateful dead where he was he would hoard no i'm serious he had like all these mindless self-indulgent like bootlegs and holy shit oh my god it was like his whole life and i was like this is like just some hot topic man what are you talking what is this i've never listened to them i just always assumed they were garbage because that guy was pretty fun actually like they're uh uh I've only listened to their one uh, Frankenstein Girls Will Seem Strangely Sexy or whatever. That's a really um, fucking fun album. <laughs> have I, been, fun, have I been wrong this whole time? Um, I mean, it's trashy music, I would say, also. Definitely. Like, it's it's um, it's definitely stupid as fuck. <laughs> but uh, I, I don't know. I enjoy it. Um, I recommend when it. I- when I was a freshman in high school, I was talking about mindless self-indulgence in my uh, in my AP English class, and sure. um, uh, my um, that that was one of those classes that had like a cool teacher who was like in his early thirties, and somebody caught him doing coke off of his desk one time. Uh, <laughs> and so, and so while I was talking about mindless self-indulgence uh, in class, like uh, he loudly interrupted me so the whole class could hear me and just said something along the lines of too bad mindless self-indulgence sucks, which like at the time I was just like, oh, you just don't get it. And then like two years later, I was like, yeah, he's probably right. And then Could've now, bet, old man. as like a 26 year old woman, I'm just like, oh shit, that that weird old 30 year old like decided to yell at a, at, at a freshman in high school about like how how much a, a shitty mallcore band sucks so like maybe he was the weird one this uh this cokehead teacher done you wrong yeah right because when you're 14 years old it is your absolute duty as a human being to listen to the absolute dumbest shittiest music you can because you can get away with it Exactly, exactly. Find this is before someone. irony exists for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so, don't get too cool for music when you're young. No. My old uh, college buddy Seamus made out with Jimmy Urine on stage one time, and that was like the highlight of his life. Uh, so. Wow, that guy's li- living uh, <laughs> more exciting like a... than I am. Yeah. <laughs> So so this uh this uh Jimmy Urine uh person <laughs> uh-huh. 
Why do they call them that? Uh, his last name is Uringer, um, and so he he just shortened it for a stage name. Okay. I thought maybe he pissed on people. No. <laughs> <laughs> I wish it was that cool. Wouldn't surprise me. You wish it were that easy. <laughs> um. So yeah, nine inch nails though. Uh. So I've um. I actually remember nine inch nails from when I was a little kid. Uh. Cause I can um I can kind of remember when Closer was on the radio. Um. It was like a song that my brother would be like, Jeff, come listen to this, you know, because it had fuck in it. Oh, yeah. Um, not only that, that but, the, but the sexy fuck, not I, just fuck I, as an intensifier. Exactly. I want to fuck mm-hmm. you like an animal. And, uh, you know, for a for six, seven-year-old me, it was uh, quite shocking. They can do that? <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, my mom had Downward Spiral uh, on CD also. Uh, but I never really listened to it until I was a teenager. Um, I've never been an enormous Nine Inch Nails fan, but I, I have a certain appreciation for them, I think, just because, um, I, I mean, on one hand, it's sort of easy to dismiss them as, like, Baby's First Industrial Band or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but they really did, um make a version of industrial music that was sort of uh interesting and hooky and that um was genuinely appealing and not um you know a bunch of stupid bullshit like a lot of industrial bands are uh, yeah they they brought like kind of a kind of poppier song structures but also like more complex and layered like production methodologies exactly exactly yeah. and um, yeah and and definitely trent had a way i mean the dude is he made this music almost all by himself produced it like uh i mean he's definitely gotten near for for texture and for sound mm-hmm. um so you know i i would, would say i like nine inch nails even though would I'm you not, all like uh, to hear a story about growing up um jeff you mentioned um industrial music being a bunch of stupid bullshit right and I stand by that statement. Yes, I understand. I'm not disagreeing with you. That's no. the point of my story. Okay. When I was in college, I was very into this industrial music gentleman named Monte Cazaza. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he, Abe, do you know who I'm talking about? I don't, but okay, I'm really he was like kind of going. he was like kind of associated with Throbbing Gristle, and he was like some dumbass performance art guy and he made some did he music throw poop around no he wasn't Gigi allen um <laughs> oh, but i was very I was, I was very into i was very into this uh this uh gentleman's music and a compilation cd that he had called the worst of monte Cazaza. so you knew it was cool because he was being like self-effacing right. mm-hmm. i was very into the cd and then a few weeks ago i was at work and I was like, oh, I should listen to that CD. I haven't listened to that in years. And I did. And it did not hold up. <laughs> I was like, me now as a 26-year-old, I do not respond to this music the way I did when I was 20. 
And this is indeed a story about growing up. <laughs> but what were, I will were, say... Were you an angrier person back then? Um, I don't think I was angrier. I think... Um, I think I just responded better to, like, uh, stupid edginess in art mm -hmm. that I don't as much now. Like, I feel like, like, uh, like um, a few months ago, I went through the films of one uh, Pierre Paolo Pasolini. Mm -hmm. Or Pierre Paolo Pasolini. Pasolini. Yeah. And I thought that guy was full of shit. He is. Uh, no uh, pun in, or joke intended. Um, whereas I feel like if I had tried going through more of his films when I was, like, 20, I probably would have, like, made justifications for them actually being really deep and really good. But, you know, Sol Solo's his only real, like, edgelord movie, though, I think. Yeah, like... but the thing is, is, like, um, have you seen, um, Teo Rama? Yeah. The one with, uh, yeah, the one with Terrence Stamp, mm -hmm. where Terrence Stamp fucks an entire family and, like, shakes them out of their bourgeois complacency right so now every time i see terrence stamp in anything i say oh no he's gonna fuck an entire family and shake them out of their bourgeois <laughs> complacency because i love to make the same joke over and over <laughs> regardless of who will understand my joke um and yeah that movie fucking sucks it is stupid mm. and like but there's a lot of like what we like to call fake deep stuff in that movie mm -hmm. and when i was 20 i would have been like well i'm i'm not really that smart and i've tried to read a bunch of philosophy books and then couldn't finish them because i didn't understand them so i probably this is good and i'm just dumb mm. whereas now it's like i'm good because <laughs> dumb right i know what you mean you know exactly what I mean. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, and so I w what I will say about... Uh, I'm the... better than Lacan. Yes. Right. Yes. What I will say about uh, the young uh, the young master Trent Reznor uh, person is that I think he's very talented and I respect what he does. It's just that I should have been listening to this music when I was 12 and I didn't and I missed the boat and so I don't get it. <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, it's, uh, look, um, I guess when, when I said, uh, I have a lot of respect for Trent Reznor, I definitely mean more as a musician than as a lyricist. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I, I, I mean, how do you, how do you feel that, I mean, so they're, they're still your favorite band at, at. Uh, yeah, I mean, I. I think I think I think he's matured as a lyricist over time. Yeah, like I, mean, uh, I would hope so. Yeah, yeah. Um, like like a lot of the stuff off like Pretty Hate Machine and the Downward Spiral. Like some of that, I I I will like hold up as like no, this is like this is this is tortured brilliance. Right, right. Uh, but some of it is just really dumb, and I'm I'm not I'm not too precious to admit that. <laughs> I mean, and that's the thing, like, uh, some of, I mean, obviously, especially on these first two albums, like, uh, the lyrics are about, you know, depression, loneliness, angst, hate, anger, uh, mm. all, you know, the whole spectrum of negative emotions, basically, uh, mm -hmm. and it's, it's very over the top, but if you're sort of willing to just, like, 
put yourself in this headspace, you know, it can mm-hmm. it can be kind of powerful in its own way, uh, especially with like the music behind it. Um, mm-hmm. So you know, it, it's it's kind of bad, but you know, in the right mood, I can kind of like look when closer is on, and you know, you can't help my isolation. I'm just like, Fuck yeah, man, I feel you. <laughs> <laughs> that was that like like those that that you can't feel my isolate that was me all the time 16 years old just like wishing like like just staring at a wall and just being like i don't know what do i do i don't know what drugs or alcohol are so i just like hate everything you didn't know what alcohol was i mean i knew what it was but i like <laughs> i just I, oh my god, can I tell you about the first time I got drunk? Please. First time I got drunk, um, I found a uh, a bottle of, like, it was Smirnov lemon vodka. Oh my god. Uh, yeah, yeah, and then um, I didn't know, like, how much you were supposed to, like, do alcohol. Um, <laughs> I love so this I just, story already. I just had, I had two cans of diet um diet minute made lemonade and this like half empty bottle of uh smirnoff vodka and i just like mixed like one part one part uh for like basically no i did one whole can of of lemonade and about that much vodka and i just like choked it down and then um listened to that the um I was listening to some I think I think I was listening to The Fragile by Nine Inch Nails and just like freaking the fuck out because I was way t- I I I think I had like a quarter of this bottle of vodka uh, in the space of about 12 minutes. Uh-oh. Yeah, and again like 19 years old. So <laughs> Uh, I had to, I had to be like coached in how to get down my stairs, um, by internet comedian Katie Willert. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, that was over Twitter. Uh, that was an interesting night. <laughs> that sounds fun. When I was a little kid, I had a Smirnoff ice, uh, baseball cap that I wore Hell, all yeah. the time and I don't know where it came from. <laughs> I didn't know what it was in reference to. And I just loved that hat and wore it all the time. <laughs> and my mother fa- saw me wearing or my mother and my father saw me wearing it. And I don't know if they knew where it came from. And they said, do you know what Smirnoff Ice is? I said, no. And they said, oh, it's alcohol. And I was like, oh, okay. And I just kept wearing this hat. And like, <laughs> they didn't stop you. <laughs> Well, what were they gonna do? I didn't know what it was. I don't know. Have you be like not let you wear the hat? Well, you know, they're my parents, not the fun police. Well, you know, they might feel a little weird about like their small daughter walking around in a Smirnoff ice hat around them. Well, if they did, they didn't. They didn't stop me. Good for your parents. Eventually, I lost it, and I wish I still had that hat as a teetotaling adult. Because I probably would still have fun wearing it. Man. I'm so glad I don't have kids. <laughs> um, There's time. Yeah, I guess. 
I mean, I hope that you don't have kids. Not because I think you'd be a bad dad, because I actually think you'd be a good dad. I just, like, don't want... I just, like, don't want to have to deal with that happening. (laughs) (laughs) You don't want to deal with my kids? No, I don't want to deal with you, like, turning into a dad. (laughs) It'd be like... it'd It'd give me the... Oh, man... When I first saw my, when they put that baby in my arms, man, it changed everything. It's like, uh, well, yeah, I know. Well, look, I'm, I'm going to turn into a middle-aged man regardless of whether I uh, turn into a dad or not. Hey, so. if you're lucky. Yeah, <laughs> I suppose. I don't know. It's just it's just been on my mind because uh, my, my brother is having a baby now uh, well, in June. Good for, so. Well, good for the tuna. <laughs> good for the tuna. <laughs> Uh, yeah. So, you know, and plus I'm like, you know, almost 30. So it's sort of like if I have a kid, I got to do it soon. You Um, could have a kid anytime. Well, right. But I'm presumably. My dad had a kid at 55 years old and it was me. And that's why I'm so weird. Presumably I'm going to stay with my wife, though. So, you know, the the, the clock is ticking uh, on that. I suppose that's true. Mm-hmm. So you, you don't want to hear me give long-winded speeches about parenthood? I desperately don't. <laughs> well, okay. I'll, I'll keep that in mind when I'm deciding whether or not to have a kid. You know what? If you do, if you do have a Will kid, Caroline I Caroline find me insufferable? I, th- I think that that's what everybody should consider before they make any decision, is if I would, if, if I would find them insufferable. Mm-hmm probably a good idea oh yeah you want to hear about insufferable i went to an event that was like it wasn't a kink event but it was like people that are involved in that stuff talking about their experiences some of the dudes that go to those things (laughs) how did you end up at this event that weird energy but nobody's got their tits out that's like yeah so there was yeah so there was nothing enjoyable for me um <laughs> there's there's a uh, there's a uh, young lady that i'm trying to court and um she said let's go to this thing and i was like okay She's i don't stuff. know i don't know what things are let's go to this thing and there was this dude that looked like the bass player for system of a down <laughs> <laughs> talking that's, about that's like kind of how, how I imagine all kink dudes looking to be honest he was ta- he was talking about like how good he was at sex <laughs> and I turned to my friend I say I have to leave <laughs> <laughs> and so we did because that sometimes you, you know Jeff I'm sure this doesn't happen to you but uh Eve you know when you forget that men are a thing that exists mm-hmm. in the world mm-hmm. <laughs> And then, and then you're it's unpleasantly so nice. reminded. <laughs> it was one of those uh, situations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I was like, yeah, I have to leave immediately. <laughs> oh, Lordy. You know who I bet would feel at home with one of those events to uh, bring it to bring it all back home is uh, Trent Reznor. Yeah. I'm oh, sure. Except I've Trent- seen. Trent Reznor I've... was like really hot back in the '90s, though. Is the thing uh, he, he wasn't, you know, uh, the bass player for System of a Down. <laughs> he was whichever the hot one from System of a Down. <laughs> None of them. <laughs> None of them. 
I'm uh, sure that there are some girls out there on this old internet that all they want to do is fuck that one dude from System of a Down <laughs> with the huge face. <laughs> is he the one with the braided like goatee or that's I think the bass player oh is and it wasn't he? Okay. even necessarily that this guy looked specifically like the bass player for System of a Down but he looked like the platonic ideal of what the bass player for System of a Down should look mm. like do you even know what the bass player for System of a Down looks like he looks like this guy that I saw okay <laughs> at this place <laughs> Um, so yeah, I'm looking up some pictures of 90s Trent Reznor, and like, yeah, you're right. He, he was a babe. He's uh, a babe, yeah. And, and the thing is, like, he, he, he looks decent now, but he's, like, jacked is the thing. Yeah. He's like, super he, jacked. It's very disconcerting. He's yeah. like he's like a dad that got really into bodybuilding. He, he's not he, my he sad little goth boy anymore. Yeah. Hmm. That's... That's the thing. Yeah, he's he's like I always call him Buff Alaska Dad now because he always could, kind of looks <laughs> Buff Alaska Dad. He looks like that. He ain't wrong. He ain't wrong. He's mm-hmm. he's a he's he looks weird like as a buff guy. I know that I know that. Honeys, we're lucky if we get to be old. Mm-hmm. We're lucky if we get to age. We're lucky if we get to look our worst in our middle age. But he looks strange. Like, mm-hmm. just as a jack dude. Like, he should stop that. Mm. Indeed. Um, yeah, so maybe we should talk about these albums then. Yeah, Jesus Christ. Uh, so, beginning in 1989, uh, first of all, I, I don't know if we've mentioned this, but Nine Inch Nails is Trent Reznor, for the most part. Uh, he plays almost all the instruments on his records. He uh, does not all, but a lot of the production on them. Uh, he, uh, I mean, he has like a live band he plays with, but uh, for the most part, on record, when you're listening to Nine Inch Nails, you are listening to Trent Reznor. Um, so uh, this first album, Pretty Hate Machine, was recorded. Uh, almost entirely by himself uh, on just sort of after hours because he worked as a janitor at a recording studio and yeah. he basically just talked the guy there into letting him like record by himself when he told that guy around. he said he told that guy he said someday I know someone will look into my eyes and say hello you are my very special one after hours, Velvet Underground. You're welcome, everybody. <laughs> cute, cute. I, I Thank like, you. Uh, you I st- like that song. You still need to see After Hours, the movie, also. But oh my god, I still haven't watched. Jesus Christ, I have so many stupid movies I have to watch. Get on that, man. I know. Uh, I keep. Playing. But 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 anyway, uh, and and that uh, basically he just took these things he recorded and just shopped them around to labels, and one of them bought it. Uh. I didn't think you could actually do that, but apparently he did, and uh, that's sort of what gave the world Pretty Hate Machine. It actually sold pretty well, especially for mm-hmm. uh, an indie label. He was on TVT at the time, mm-hmm. um, and 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 that gives us Pretty Hate Machine. So uh, I, I guess we can start with you, Eve, since you're the expert. Uh, what mm-hmm. do you think of Pretty Hate Machine? I I've definitely spent a lot of time like like listening to pretty hate machine i have at various points i kind of go back and forth on 
like what do I think is the best Nine Inch Nails album? Um, and it is definitely near the top of my list uh, uh, most of the time. Um, it definitely has that like vibe to it of just like this was this was like this was the kind of a- album that was recorded in the spare time of some like tortured genius who had to like you know work some bullshit janitor at a recording studio job to 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 do it and and but like pound it out in his spare time um and it has that definite like first album vibe of like oh yeah obviously you've kind of been writing this your entire life Mm -hmm. kind of thing um but yeah and obviously there there are large parts of it that are um a, a little bit dated, a little bit cringeworthy, considering the way that that Nine Inch Nails' output has matured over over the years. But I think overall, like there's there's definitely a lot of it's a, it's 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 a lot of it's an album with a lot of really strong points, um, and a very impressive accomplishment considering like how it was produced. It is cool, like and and it has a cool story behind it, you know, like that I mm-hmm. told basically. Um, you're mm-hmm. right that that. It it does sound like uh, the work of someone who's hungry, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, the work of someone who's uh, looking to bust some shit out, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, as far as it being dated, I mean, it's. I guess I would say it's the most like synth heavy of, of mm-hmm. their records. It's the one that maybe sounds the most like Depeche Mode. Uh, <laughs> if if uh, I was going to make that comparison, um, mm-hmm. there's definitely a lot of uh, you know. 80s sounds on it basically mm-hmm. he didn't know <laughs> <laughs> he, he didn't know that they sounded 80s well yeah. at the time it just sounded like the way that music is su- supposed to sound yeah it's just how it sounded outside you you went outside and, and there was fucking moog synthesizers that were giving you the pigeon sounds so like that's, yeah, that's it just was, how it, it was it was paradise baby <laughs> um but you know, I, it doesn't strike me as um, an incredibly dated record. I know, I know, mm-hmm. a lot of people say that, but um, but I, you know, I, I think I think it sounds cool, actually. Like um, the synths don't bother me, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and plus, you got head like a hole on here, which head like a hole fucking bangs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It bangs. It's classic. It's great. Um. You know, something I, I didn't really think about until I was listening to them this week is that, like, when you listen to the guitar sound on the first two uh, Nine Inch Nails albums, mm-hmm. it uh, it kind of sounds like Big Black, actually. Yeah, actually, you're right. Um, it That, like, sort of chainsaw, like, trebly, uh, scratchy guitar tone that he uses. Yeah, right it's now. not as good as Big Black. <laughs> well, well, few <laughs> things are, but... Uh, yeah. But it just. Uh... I, I was I was actually telling telling this this uh, this woman that I'm seeing about Big Black. I was like, yeah, there's this band called Big Black, and they're great. And she laughed. And I was like, hey, don't <laughs> laugh. And then I showed her that picture of Steve Albini that looks like me, and she said, hey, that looks like you. And I was like, yeah, I know. <laughs> and she said, get the fuck out of here. I never want to see you again. No, she didn't. That's an unhappy ending. Yeah, that's not what happened. <laughs> um, but uh, even apart from Head Like a Hole, which uh, 
I think was like a minor radio hit at the time. Mm-hmm. I remember my, my rock station uh, in North Carolina would play it every now and then, uh, like, you know, in the 2000s. It was on um, what apparently is called the bubbling under chart. I don't know what that means. I guess just like... Uh, it's bubbling under. Right. It's bubbling the, under. It was almost <laughs> on the Hot 100. Ah, okay. We're not quite there. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but there's other good songs on here too. I actually like Terrible Lie a lot. Um, That's a really good song. Yeah. yeah. Terrible Lie is cool. I love the, the synth sounds that come in in the chorus and, mm-hmm. um, I actually really love, uh, like at the end of the song, the last chorus, the, those weird little like, yeah, you know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> there's actually, um, Sort of a weird little um, oh idiosyncrasy of like that little that little synth sound that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, these days, when Nine Inch Nails performs closer live, that synth sound from Terrible Lie comes in uh, during a part of the song. It's a really fucking interesting little like mashup that they do uh, in their live performances that hmm. that uh, re- re- works really well. It's, it's, yeah. There's nothing left for me to hide. I lost my ignorance, security, and pride. I'm all alone in a world you must despise. I believe your promises, your promises and lies. You said you've seen them live a few times, right? Three times now, Three yeah. Times. Shit. When uh, mm-hmm. when did you see them? Uh, two thousand four, which was their the with, the with teeth. teeth tour. Yeah, the with okay. teeth tour, two thousand eight, which was the uh, that was supposed to be the uh, the the last Nine Inch Nails tour with um, Jane's Addiction and Street Sweeper Social Club. Hmm. Um, uh, the, which that one that one was interesting, and then I saw them again, I think in 2013 with um, Soundgarden and Dillinger Escape Plan, which fucking sucked. But they were really? like <laughs> Nine Inch, like that was a really shitty night. But Nine Inch Nails was still good because they mm. always have like a really interesting uh, stage presence and like stage. Uh, they do a lot with like. Uh, video proje- projections and video screens, um, but 
that was also one of the worst nights of my life. Oh, oh God. Rest in, rest in peace. Uh, uh, what's his name? But Soundgarden. Cornell. <laughs> really fucking bad. Rest in peace. Uh, what's his fucking name? <laughs> Very respectful tribute to Chris Cornell. It's what he would have wanted. <laughs> Um, well, yeah, I, I wanted to mention that because um, uh, Nine Inch Nails, I've, I've always heard, like, they have a reputation for being a great live band. Uh, mm-hmm. But I, I haven't had the opportunity to see them. They actually came to uh, Greensboro in 2008, and Health was opening for them. Oh! Uh, which would have been really cool, but alas, I, I could not afford it at the time. Uh, Deer Hunter actually opened for Nine Inch Nails on, uh, on one leg of that tour, actually, I remember. Uh, which is pretty cool. That makes me think there's a there's a thing in Nine Inch Nails a little bit of like kind of ambiguous sexuality mm-hmm. mm. in a lot of it, which I think is interesting. Like it seems like it's sort of just like this is cool and transgressive, right? More mm. so than like this is a legitimate uh, expression mm-hmm. of actual like. Uh, you know, sexual ambiguity, but it's interesting. I appreciate stuff like that because I'm gay and <laughs> I think it's cool. Sure. Mm-hmm. sure. Um, what a. Uh, so the deer I, hunter I thing makes sense. That, but I, I forgot. Um, yeah. Uh, but anyway, yeah. Uh, back to Pretty Hate Machine, though. Uh, as far as being dated, I think you could maybe maybe down in it <laughs> you could say that about uh, a little bit yeah you know, yeah but i i think down in it's a fun song though it's I, a I it's a really fun song yeah, yeah but it is a little uh yeah it's kind of funny mm-hmm. um then you sort of get this stretch of like slow ones in the middle mm-hmm. uh, with something i can never have and and sanctified and kind of uh, i want to right um, and it doesn't really kind of pick up again until Sin, which is also awesome. Sin's uh, fucking great. I just love that, like, that synth just sort of, like, jackhammers as as it's going along. That, like, it's really cool. I would love for there to be, like, I want I want there to be an official podcast tie-in that's like a covers album and it's all just jeff (laughs) making noises oh dude it's it's people have pointed this out when i sing along to a song i do every instrument i don't just uh i don't just sing (laughs) um so you know uh and then you know the last few songs uh I like the only time actually, and, and Ring Finger is mm-hmm. cool too. Um, but overall, I mean, well, for one thing, it's a relatively short album, which is something that mm-hmm. uh, we don't get a lot of from Nine Inch Nails. Um, yeah. So, so that's kind of nice. It's a nice, like, brisk sort of experience. Um, and overall, I like it, but uh, you know, it's it's really only like half great though like there's there's just songs mm-hmm. on it i can kind of take or leave i suppose uh but some people consider this their best album i mean 
uh, I remember All Music All Music Guide. Uh, they had this at like five stars, and and the Downward Spiral only had four stars. Wow. I always found that uh, strange. <laughs> but did did your version of the album have their a cover of Get Down Make Love by Queen? Yeah. No. no. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> that song fucking rules. <laughs> it was something. <laughs> has that like that extended in, uh like sampled intro of like that weird guy like interrogating uh this woman's sexual history. It's fucking it's nuts. Um Yeah, it's if, something. <laughs> do you have any thoughts on Pretty Hate Machine, Caroline? Um I think that uh it's not for me, really. I like the next album much better. Okay. Um, so I guess they spent like the next five years like touring, pretty much, or maybe maybe not mm-hmm. the entire five years. But they definitely built up a rep through touring, um, and they released the Broken EP uh, mm-hmm. in the meantime, also, uh, which I've actually never listened to. Uh, I've always sort of overlooked it. Um, it's good stuff it was it was sort of released in like a there was they toured and um it was a much more guitar driven act on tour and then people went home and bought pretty hate machine and sort of like there was a sort of disconnect between the touring act and the the studio sound um and so that's broken was a sort of um there there are a lot of good things that broken was but it was also sort of a a kind of meeting meeting them halfway making a more guitar driven album mm-hmm. um it's it's fun but anyway i know that wasn't on our our list of of things to listen to yeah, but yeah that's that's cool um they also uh recorded both broken and the downward spiral in sharon tate's house mm-hmm. or, or uh the house that sharon tate was murdered in anyway yeah and uh her sister confronted him and was like hey like why are cool? you okay with this <laughs> you think you're cool for recording your album and fucking my sister's murder spot yeah and then he and then he went home and cried mm. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair i think probably he ended most of his nights by crying at that point of his life but yeah yeah he had a rough he, he was having a rough time <sighs> <laughs> it was a real downward spiral. It was, it was. <laughs> an aptly God. named record. Uh, so this is, uh, I guess, a concept album of sorts, the downward spiral. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if it really tells like a coherent story, but it's it tells a just... story. It tells a story about a future world where, g- rock, where rock and roll, and roll is made band. illegal, <laughs> and only one young man can rise up and make and make people unafraid to rock again it's called operation mind crime (laughs) (laughs) have you ever actually listened to that album no it sucks i bet it does in in case you you know had any doubt i bet Uh, it does i have listened to of course uh frank zappa's joe's garage which is about a world where rock and roll is made illegal uh, and also, a robot dies by getting pissed on. I believe uh, Styx's uh, Kilroy was here. Uh, yep. It's also about uh, a future where rock and roll is banned. <laughs> it uh, sure is. 
Are you those bet the, your bippy. Are those the only three? Are there more than that? Or, there, uh... I know that there's more, and yet I can't bring them to mind. I know I, that there's more. We should make okay, an online thread about this. We should. I don't want to. I don't want to skip ahead, but Nine Inch Nails' Year Zero is a concept album oh about God. a dark future in which <gasps> in which free speech is suppressed. <gasps> and there was there was a whole like viral marketing campaign for it. One of the uh, there was a video that I watched that was like, um, this was the coolest shit for me when in in my junior year of high school when it, when I found it on the internet. Sure. It was just this video of like a basement underground like Nine Inch Nails concert that got broken up by Future Cops. <gasps> oh my god! It all Nine Inch Nails together. is banned in this future society. <laughs> And only one Trent Reznor can rise up and stop That's right. Mm. Um, right, but we'll, we'll, we'll get there. Uh, so Downward Spiral, though, uh, this was their their big break. Uh, mm-hmm. Obviously, Closer was a huge hit. Yep, it was um, in seven. It wasn't, well, a, a, a remixed version of it, at least. It was in seven, seven. shut up! <laughs> um... And I mean, as I said before, uh, I was scandalized by Closer as a as a little boy. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, this is kind of their. It's a much more intense album than than Pretty Hate Machine is. Like mm-hmm. it's it's a loud and abrasive and ugly and uh, yeah scary. It's good. Um, it's good. It is good. It's a good album. Uh, I would probably say it's their best album, mm-hmm. uh, which I think yeah. is the uh, consensus view, probably. Let me lay it on you this wise. It's the one I could see myself listening to again. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I don't know if you knew this, Caroline, but you know who's on this album? My boy, Adrian Ballou. Yes. That's right. Weirdly, two bands in a row that uh, have had guest spots from Adrian Ballou. All right. I love him. He's the best. Mm -hmm. Uh, He's good at guitar. He contributes guitar to Mr. Self-Destruct. He sure does. Which is a fantastic opener, by the way. Uh, Yep. mm -hmm. Just an incredibly intense song. Just these, like... um, uh, I mean, it really sounds industrial. The like the the drum samples that they're using on this track, like it sounds like some big horrible machine.
mm-hmm. and it just like gets louder and louder in the guitars and uh I don't know, it's just a crazy ass song and and it just um i love the way it just sort of like gets almost unbearably loud at the end and then just cuts um, to just that weird like sound. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? I do. <laughs> it's so, like I'm listening to it. It's... Right, right. <laughs> I'm, I'm the Michael Winslow of uh, of podcasting. <laughs> um, yeah. So Mr. Self-Destruct is a very good song is my point. One thing Mm -hmm. I like is uh, there's a story on the Wikipedia page for this song where, um, you know, he wanted Adrian Ballou to do shit. And he said, hey, what uh, what keys the song is? And Trent Reznor said, I don't know. (laughs) So uh, just (laughs) it doesn't really have a key. It doesn't really have a melody. Yeah. So just listen to it and do whatever you want. And he did. But what I like is the phrase do whatever you want in the Wikipedia page has a link has a link to another article and it's linked to the article for creativity. (laughs) (laughs) This is a sterling example of creativity. Yeah. Well it is. It's very creative. Um, so this album also has the song Heresy, wherein we learn that Christianity is bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is, it took it took uh, it took Trent Reznor to finally it took one Trent Reznor to yeah. let everyone know that Christianity is bad. Hold a fucking mirror up to society. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, um, yeah. Uh, when, when, what songs on here are good? Uh, uh Piggy. I mean, Piggy. I'll just say all of them, all but of them. that's. I mean, um, March of the Pigs is like it. It's it's sort of just a big dumb loud song mm. on the album. I mean, they uh, kind of this kind of yeah. is a big dumb loud album. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's it's just it's a really f- it a, a, a lot of this album and I I have a I you're gonna keep hearing me talk about like dumb Nine Inch Nails bootlegs that I have. No, please do, <laughs> please do. Yeah, yeah, I have a I have a bootleg recording of the what was supposed to be the final Nine Inch Nails performance um, in like New York. They just recorded or they just p- r- played uh, the downward spiral like front to back uh, for this like tiny theater venue. Um, and I have a, I have a, I have a like uh, video recording of it. And like the way that March of the pigs tears the house down every fucking time they play it mm-hmm. is like, it's, 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 there's something primal about that song that I feel like it awakens in just like something deep in my chest. I don't know. It's 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 just a really fucking fun song. Well, I know it what you mean. It's it's really super intense, you know. Yeah. And, and it's got that buzzsaw, big black guitar. I was talking. Yeah, about and it's like really. a weird time signature. Yeah, it's in like five four or something. Yeah. Um, it's cool. Yeah. And, I mean, uh, it's I like, no. I like, it's I love no the little like, piano breaks also. Yeah, uh, it's not like Canterbury scene crazy time signatures. Like I'm listening to the band Egg, but. <laughs> It's still pretty good. Hmm. Um, 
but yeah, I, I, the the little piano breaks though, I like I like those. Uh, mm-hmm. like, it's almost a little touch of humor almost in in the middle of uh, such a crazy song, you know. And doesn't it make you feel better? Um, it's cute. Um, can we talk about closer for a second? Uh, Let's I mean, we, we have to. Right. So it's their yeah. most famous song, probably. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that the the drums uh, or the beat on it, I mean, is is iconic, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Uh, I get like hype anytime it comes on. <laughs> oh yeah. Like, in the room. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, like. I hate to say I think it's their best song because it just seems like such an obvious choice, but I don't know, man. I, it gives me, like, goosebumps when I listen to it. It fucking mm-hmm. rules. It does like, rule, dude. It's like a little like, masterpiece of production. Yeah, like, don't uh, even mm-hmm. worry about it. Like, listen, listen. Who are we trying to impress? Um, <laughs> my listeners. You, yeah. Yeah, well, uh, I'm not going to be parents. impressed. Yeah, well, your parents definitely are not going to be impressed by, like, your favorite deep-cut Nine Inch Nails song. I really when... love The Frail. No. Hey, the Frail's a good song. <laughs> it's not as good. Closer just is like, whatever whatever I want from whatever Nine Inch Nails can give me, it's just, like, right in there. Mm-hmm. Like... Mm-hmm. I, I love all the sounds in it. Yeah. Uh, you know? Um, I lo- lay, lay them it's on, very lay them on us, Hoss. <laughs> all right. I, I love the bass and the chorus. Um, I love after the chorus, that little, like... Mm-hmm. I love that, like, string sample that comes up in the in the second verse when he's, like, really, you know, you can have my solution. And there's that, like, strings in the back. And then, uh, mm-hmm. and then in the second chorus, you get these, like, weird synth bloops that are, like, boop, boop, boop. Whoop, whoop. Um, and uh, you know what else I love? I love his harmonies on the Help Me's. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like uh, yeah. Every time he does the Help Me, there's like two more Trents backing him up. Uh, mm-hmm. I-, I love that. Uh, I love the idea of there being multiple Trent Resners. <laughs> oh, I I've written a couple fan fictions about that idea. <laughs> All right, are they kissing. They're definitely kissing. They're kissing each other. They're kissing me. They're kissing a lot of people. I like this. <laughs> Eve, you're hired. <laughs> Welcome aboard. Yep. Um, yeah, and and then just the whole outro. You know, I love that little piano bit that it ends with that recurs mm-hmm. throughout the album. Actually. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean it's it's good. It that's, just bangs. Like, right. Don't be a fucking idiot. <laughs> it just it bangs. It's great. Yeah. It's great. I know it's not supposed to be like a fuck jam, but everybody said it was. <laughs> it's it's super. I mean, I've I've had some really good sex to this song. Um, Anything by a the fuck way, jam if you make it. That's right. <laughs> Um, I know y'all were talking about uh, dual discs last uh, last episode, right. but uh, 
I I have a I have a dual disc of the Downward Spiral. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and uh, the the like the dual disc side the the second side is a five point one uh, surround sound mix of uh, of the whole album and closer oh, yeah. like like it it's like you're sitting like like all of those those crazy like dense layered sounds of like 1800 different things happening it's would just you, so much would you say like, it's like you're feeling it from the inside it, it is like you're feeling the song from the inside which uh, yeah yeah get your get your fingers deep in there and <laughs> get ready to fist this album yes or is the album fisting you I love to. I love. Uh, I'm. I'm. I'm no sort of sex pervert, but I love making jokes about fisting. I just think it's funny. <laughs> you know, that is the second time you've said you're not a sex pervert, Caroline, and it just makes me think. You know, me I promise. The sex pervert goth protest too much. <laughs> right, exactly. I, I'm, I'm. I'm certainly not a goth. I wish I was a goth. I'm a failed goth. <laughs> I'm also kind of a failed sex pervert, I guess. <laughs> um, what else is good? Oh, let's talk about Hurt. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I remember when uh, when Johnny Cash died and everybody was talking about oh, his cover of Hurt. Yeah. And uh, how it was so much better. It's not. Yeah, uh, I, I I like Nine Inch Nails better, uh, their version. But yeah, like it can like they can both be good. Yeah, no, no, Johnny Fine. Cash's version is good too. But um, but I you know I I just think it's I don't know. Well, well you know interesting. The, the, I oh, oh sorry, go ahead. The, oh, the guy who directed Johnny Cash's um video for Hurt also directed the video for Closer. Yeah, uh, Mark Romanek. Uh, yeah, so how come Johnny Cash wasn't like hanging from a ceiling <laughs> with like a rotating pig <laughs> like spinning around? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's like tits around and you know, eggs and tortured monkeys and shit. Yeah. Just a just a rotting plate of cold nuts. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, I remember reading in an interview, uh, Trent was talking about Johnny Cash's cover, and like he said he like listened to it, and he was like, and it was good, but it was kind of like watching somebody fuck your girlfriend. Uh, and then like mm-hmm. he, he said he saw the video, and like he realized it wasn't his song anymore after he saw the video. Like mm-hmm. it it was now a Johnny Cash song, uh, which you know. I disagree personally, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> he still he still reco- he still like plays it to close out almost every live show. So like you know that's it, it and it's still like 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 he I've I've seen like I said I've seen Nine Inch Nails three times. They played it. They played that song last every single time, and it always just like like you might as well be at like a funeral. Like everybody is just <laughs> quiet, lighters out. Which I don't know if people get their lighters out at funerals that y'all go to but um that's how that's how we do it the parker family (laughs) but uh but yeah it's 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 that song is fucking haunting wait a minute wait i just saw this um oh wait i thought it was okay so apparently the johnny cash uh version for a cd single 
he did a cover of Wichita Lineman, but for a second I thought that was for the Nine Inch Nails uh, CD single, and I was like, <laughs> I was so excited! I was like, oh my god, I can't believe Nine Inch Nails fucking covered Wichita Lineman, but it wasn't. <laughs> um, actually, here's a, here's a fun fact about the Closer video, uh, since we were mentioning it. Uh, I had the Mark Romanic director's label DVD. Uh, I don't know if you remember those, but like Spike Jones <laughs> and Michelle Gondry had like them. Um, but anyway, he talked about like, uh, you know, the bit with uh, Trent Reznor just kind of like suspended from the ceiling and spinning around. He said he like mm-hmm. filmed it. He shot it for like five minutes and like he just didn't call cut because he was just so like entranced by watching fucking... Uh, Trent spin around. By fucking beautiful Trent Reznor just <laughs> right. spinning around. But but eventually Trent was like, "Yeah, can I come down now?" <laughs> and like he did, and then like Trent threw up, uh, <laughs> because he was spinning for an extremely cool. long time. <laughs> cool. Yep. What Fun a good stuff. story. Right. Right. Um. Let's see. What else we got on here? We got a big man with a gun. Uh, which which yeah. I think is funny. I mean, it's like... It is, except every time I try to think of it in my head, I mentally replace it with a little man with a gun in his hand. Right, right. Because I'm easy, fucking easy stupid. Um, but I, I really love, like, just those three chords that run through Big Man with a Gun the entire time because mm-hmm. they sound dumb, and that kind of complements the lyrics, you know? <laughs> like, you, yeah. you just sort yeah. of hear this, like, big idiot walking around with a gun, and that, like, burnt, burnt. Like chords they're mm-hmm. going the whole time. Um, yeah. Yeah, the song "The Becoming" that's the other song that uh, Adrian Ballou plays on. Oh, He's yeah. playing uh, through a ring modulator. Oh shit! Which is cool uh, <laughs> if you like those. Yeah. Who doesn't love a good ring modulator? Oh, yeah. Uh, they make the, the Dalek voices time. on Doctor Who. Yes, they do. You <laughs> you are correct. A little um, bit of trivia for the uh, Doctor Who heads. <laughs> the Whovians. Is that is that what they call? Oh yeah, okay, that's the one. <laughs> the Who heads. The Who, the Who, the Who's down in Whoville. That's what they call. Yeah. <laughs> More like Doctor Who gives a shit. I mean, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad that they have a lady doing it now. But I'm not gonna watch it. It's feminism. Yeah. <laughs> uh, do we want to mention any other songs on here? No, I think we should probably speed <laughs> okay. things up a little bit. Yeah, because now we have to get to the that. fucking seven-hour album that we're talking yeah. about next. <laughs> <laughs> the Fraggle. Yeah. Why is it so long? Because he's just got so many great ideas that all need to be recorded. Yeah, there's there's <laughs> some fat on this one. I'll be the first to admit oh, it. Oh, like... oh, worm? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so the fragile. Yeah, I, but but look, I I think this album is held up as as uh oh definitely a classic. I mean, uh, by by a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if I necessarily. I mean, not that, me, but, but but it's definitely it's definitely considered one of the Nine Inch Nail classics, though the Fragile. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's just too fucking it's too fucking long, man. I can't listen to this. <laughs> I I like like a part 
part of me like I look at it and, and and I'm like yeah there's there's a lot of like there's a lot of like fat on this album that could be cut out and then I I, I think about cutting any single song out and it doesn't make any say I think this this album should have been cut into like four EPs or something mm-hmm. like I feel that way about a lot of like people need to accept that sometimes you have a really good EP and just do that mm-hmm mm-hmm yeah. Um, I mean, so th- it was a five-year wait uh, for this record, ninety-four mm-hmm. to ninety-nine. Uh, highly anticipated. I remember my mother bought it uh, and became extremely obsessed with the song "Starfuckers Inc." Uh, very, very fun song. Uh, yeah, that that, that actually really became like those. a. That became like a family favorite of ours, actually. Starfuckers <laughs> Inc. Like it sounds weird, but like we all like loved that song, and like she would fucking like crank it up in the minivan, and we would like Starfuckers all together. It was it was a good time. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, it's kind of dumb. Starfuckers. <laughs> Like, I don't want to ruin anybody's fun here, but, like, it's pretty stupid. Starfuckers Incorporated. But it's a, it's about it's about infantile beef between two very successful musicians. I What couldn't you like? Yeah. Wait, so it's him and who else? Marilyn Manson. Oh, of course. Yeah. I mean, oh, that's course. the that's like the scuttlebutt is like it's about Marilyn Manson. I don't see who else it could be about, um, but also Marilyn Manson was in the music video. <laughs> see, uh, I thought I remembered reading one time that it was about Courtney Love. Actually. Yeah, I've heard that too. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of there's a it's lot like of back everybody. And forth. Everybody's written their Courtney Love diss track. <laughs> Everyone hates yeah. Courtney Love. And and to them, I say. I'd like to see them play that role in the People versus Larry Flint because she is fantastic in that movie. Mm. And she is adequate in Man on the Moon. Yeah. I think she's very good in People versus Larry Flint. Also, you see her boobs. Nice. As, as a connoisseur of seeing breasts <laughs> in movies, I'm pretty good at looking at boobs. Yeah. Also in real life sometimes, not to brag. Yeah. Is that bragging? I mean, I, mean, I mean, other than my own. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I'm really <laughs> yeah, good at looking at my own boobs. <laughs> no, it's not bragging. No, I mean other people's. I've seen, like, five boobs. <laughs> <laughs> five sets or five total five boobs okay so you only saw one boob of a uh of of one of hey one it's, of a, it's like hey it's like that sometimes <laughs> some right. people only have the one that's yeah, true you jeff you're such a, sometimes you're such a man <laughs> <laughs> i don't know about the one boobed <laughs> yeah uh individual sometimes it just kind of melts together and it just got a, it's just one now. Yeah, it's just one big one. That's what people are talking about when they say lady problems. Yeah, it's also what they talk about when they say, oh, they say uniboob. 
That's not an illusion of clothing. That's just a thing that happens sometimes. Mm-hmm. Glad I don't got to deal with that. Not yet. <laughs> Give it time. <laughs> I just got to deal with prostate cancer. Am I right, fellas? Woo-hoo! <laughs> uh, anyway. <laughs> this is one of the dumber digressions we've had in, in recent episodes. But uh, anyway. Uh, yeah, what, what were we, the fragile, that's what we were talking about. Uh, that is what we were talking about. <laughs> so what, what else is good on this record? Um, just like you imagined was in the trailer for 300, and that got me really pumped for that <laughs> really piece of shit movie when I was, like, 17 years old. <laughs> You're like, hey, any movie that uses a Nine Inch Nails song must be good. That's out. That's also how they got me into the theater for uh, the second Underworld movie. Uh, wow, you saw the second Underworld movie? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the only the only guy I've ever dated had an Underworld poster in his bedroom, and that's why he's the only guy I've ever dated. <laughs> <laughs> they all have Underworld posters in their bedroom. Do they? They I all was right. do. I was right this whole time. I knew that I knew that you couldn't trust a man. Even that even that fish in shape of water, you go down to his water cave and he's got a fucking poster of Kate Beckinsale in a jumpsuit. Kate Beckinfish. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, that's the Bojack Horseman version. <laughs> Kate Beckinscale. <laughs> ah, nice, nice, nice. <laughs> That was very good. Well done. Thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. This, it's, I don't know, dude. Something's fine, I guess. If you like listening to, you know, two hours of Nine Inch Nails. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I do is the right, thing. Right, um, right, right. But like. Uh, there's a lot of just like really compelling, nice instrumental pieces in here. Mm-hmm. Um, He's good at those, like, which is why he does movie soundtracks now. Yeah, I like his movie soundtracks. Yeah, like Gone Girl soundtrack. I love that soundtrack. It's really good. Mm. Gone That's... Girl is iconic lesbian cinema. Truly, <laughs> despite <laughs> the fact that there are no lesbians in it. Carrie Coon in that movie. Come on, you tell me that she's not a lesbian. I don't even. Don't be naive, darling. (laughs) (laughs) Mm. You just don't see it. Yeah. Here's a fun fact: according to Wikipedia, "Somewhat Damaged" was used by the U.S. military for audio torture. Oh yeah, that. I mean, that I think Saint Anger. Mm-hmm. That's not me making a joke. Like that's really true. I know some old ministry also got used that way. Yeah, it's pretty cool. <laughs> I mean, theoretically. Theoretically, <laughs> yeah. No, uh, you know uh, what does that say about your music when it's used to torture people? That it's good. That it's good. <laughs> probably. That's that's probably what you should take away from that, yeah. <laughs> so Saint Anger is good? Saint Anger is probably good. We probably just haven't figured that out yet. Saint uh, Anger yeah. is a camp classic. 
you think Saint Anger is like a misunderstood genius record and like in thirty it was like ahead of its time and fucking we'll we'll all just be catching up to it. That's exactly what I think. Mm. Cool. I can't believe we haven't done a Metallica episode yet. I would be up for a Metallica episode. Metallica talking? Talking Metallica. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Making it happen. Um, Eve, what what songs on here are good though? You you tell Um, me. I can I um. Let's see here. Um, uh, uh, the great (laughs) below is really good. I'm sorry. I'm looking through the 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 and and like there's a few of these that I'm like, no, I enjoy that, but I can't defend that to other people. But Mm -hmm. like. Which is which is most of like that whole second disc, uh, other than like Starfuckers and uh, is is and and Into the Void is pretty much just like no, I definitely enjoy this, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna like try to justify that to anyone else. But the Great Below is like really good on the on the first album or the first Mm disc, the one that closes it out. Right. Um. See, you know what's weird is like the first single on here, "The Day the World Went Away." Um, mm-hmm. That just seems like kind of a a weak, kind of a weak first single. I don't know. Like it's uh, it 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 very it it very much feels like it's supposed to be some kind of like anthem track for somebody. Mm-hmm. Um. I don't know. I I and uh, like I remember being like 15 and being like, "Yes, this is this is this is the war, this is the song that I'm going to put on while I fix my fucking shitty 15-year-old life." Um, <laughs> but it didn't work back then and uh I don't really I don't know. The the song just kind of comes off as repetitive to me now. Yeah. Um so I don't really have much else to say about the fragile, but if you want to Eve, you are welcome to. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> All right. So, uh, I mean, it, what what is your feeling it, overall about the fragile, though? I mean, it's it's good. It's 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 a little overly long, and it um, it's it's surrounded by albums that I like more than it. Um, like like it's it's probably it's probably overall my least favorite Nine Inch Nails album. Uh, if we're talking like their full lengths, um, Interesting. yeah, yeah. Because uh, I think a lot of people are trying to say these days that it's like secretly their best album, and that like it hasn't been properly appreciated or what. Those people are wrong. Yeah, I think they're wrong too. <laughs> they're like <laughs> indisputably wrong, but uh, but you know, I don't know. I mean, maybe maybe. You know, I've talked about this before with like super long albums, like double albums and like indulgent Mm -hmm. kind of messy albums. I think like if you're a big fan of that artist, like it's kind of fun seeing. Yeah, it's it's like the contents of their brain just sort of spill out. Yeah, like I like like I like Pavement a lot. And so Wowie Zowie for me is great. Exactly. Um, Yeah. But you know, if if you're not a super huge fan of that band, maybe you like uh, a little more focus and a little more, uh, you know, thought and self censoring. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um. But but you know, whatever. I mean, I'm sure it's fine. 
the fragile. <laughs> yeah, maybe uh, it's good. And we're wrong. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, and that's the thing is, like, I am a huge Nine Inch Nails fan, so doing that, like, deep delve into, like, two hours of Trent Reznor's brain does appeal to me, but I understand that it's not, like, his... I, I don't think it's anywhere You near understand that you're wrong. I understand that I'm wrong, <laughs> except for that I'm right. Mm. <laughs> except for that I'm right that Trent Reznor is the best person at making music but if you don't agree with me there then yeah you're probably not going to have the best time I mean, with the fragile you, you may yeah. be right and I may be crazy <laughs> um, so on and so forth how about with teeth though so i'm guessing this is a big nostalgia record for you definitely this was this is actually what was like on the radio uh when i was getting into nine inch nails i remember when this came out yeah yeah and um like 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 this this was that was the the underworld song the hand that feeds was the underworld song that was that an underworld song yeah, yeah, it was. It was, it was, it was made a... to be a fucking underworld. Song. <laughs> <laughs> like I know, maybe technically it wasn't, but like spiritually, yeah. Okay, I've so, seen... um, this is uh, this is the beginning of Nine Inch Nails' fuzzy bass era, mm-hmm. uh, where <laughs> I feel like I don't know. I haven't listened to these albums extensively, I should say, but my overriding memory of them is a lot of fuzzy bass mm-hmm. uh, and you know that's that's definitely present on the hand that feeds uh which which i think is a pretty decent song uh yeah. on the world or no uh mm-hmm. but um I but i don't really think it video premiere on like mtv2 or whatever the fuck i was uh, at my grandmother's house r.i.p my grandma no r.i.p yeah. She um, had a good run. She had a good run. She had to listen to Nine Inch Nails that one time. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I mean, this album still holds up for you, though, Eve. Oh, definitely, mm-hmm. definitely. Um, like, like, um, especially what I've what I found is like so. So again, when I was when I was like fifteen, sixteen years old, the these like. Only and every day is exactly the same. I was like, yes, these <laughs> these these songs get it. These songs get how hard my fucking life is right now. Um, because because integrated physics and chemistry is just like, why would they even make that one class? It's it's. <laughs> <laughs> um but um but that but now like I I spend a lot of time with like the last like four or five songs on this album interesting uh these days uh because they're they, they're the slower kind of um more like I, I i think more thoughtful and more like i feel like the first the first half of this album is is really is is a pretty good pop record mm-hmm. and then the second half of it kind of gets more back into like um you know, what i bullshit wanky nine inch nails bullshit the stuff that i paid to see yeah (laughs) (laughs) well um hopefully you know this this isn't where i make you cry but uh (laughs) i'm 
to me this album sounds um well first of all it sounds more like a, a like a modern rock record than yeah. like their their previous stuff like it it just sort of sounds this sounds more like an album that any band could make than like uh their previous records i guess like it doesn't um it doesn't have the kind of sonic weirdness of uh of their previous records i guess if that makes yeah. sense yeah there are touches or, of that or at least but yeah, not to the same extent Right. Yeah, it it feels like um, old uh, old Trent Reznor was kind of like feeling the push of a uh, new metal, mm-hmm. a little bit. Um, but to be fair, uh, I feel like Trent Reznor was an inspiration for new metal, also. <laughs> oh, he was. No, like this isn't him. This isn't him trying to be something that he's not. Mm-hmm. But because like. He predates it. He's smarter than it. But mm-hmm. um, Trent Reznor is a new metal guy. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry. He he must know. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, and and I guess that's sort of um, because look, I I feel like in 1994 there was nothing like closer like in the mm-hmm. mainstream, you know, yeah. like absolutely nothing like it. And, I and you couldn't, you couldn't part. get a, versus you couldn't get away from shit that sounded like hand that feeds. Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's sort of disappointing in that regard, I guess. Like I, I wouldn't say it's a, uh, terrible record, but just not, it, it doesn't strike me as a particularly inspired or creative record, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, the um the last thing I want to say about with teeth because I I knew that this had to be the case but I couldn't um find confirmation but apparently on the Wikipedia page for with teeth he talks about how uh, Rick Rubin was his source of information uh, source of inspiration throughout mm-hmm. the writing process. And this sounds like an album that has the fucking stink of Rick Rubin all over it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's interesting, actually, because, I mean, Rick Rubin is uh, who convinced Johnny Cash to record Hurt. Um, Yeah. So uh, it goes both ways. I mean, he wasn't all bad. (laughs) Just, just. Mostly. He produced License to Ill, too. I mean, yeah, uh, that's true. All right. Mm-hmm. Okay. And 99 Problems. Yes, which is fantastic. It's a classic. Um, so, I, but Eve, um, maybe before we move on, you, you mentioned the last five songs. Um, mm-hmm. What mm-hmm. What in particular? Uh, um, I really like, so, let's see. Uh, the Line Begins to Blur is like a really... Um, Again, one of those, like, I'm 17 years old. I really just fucking hate George W. Bush. And... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and this I'm was just like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm, this is I, kind I, of a Bush I, album, too, isn't it? Yeah, like, uh, Not yeah, as much as Year yeah. Zero, but it, it, it definitely is. Mm-hmm. You had to do a Bush album. Right, everyone did. If you were... If you had to. Mm-hmm. Uh, remember, um... No FX's uh, The War on Error. Oh, God. 
I feel like we've mentioned that a few times. <laughs> and anytime we talk about a Bush album, you also bring up NoFX's The War on Error. Um, but yeah, uh, this, this was Nine Inch Nails is, uh, I think the hand that feeds also is, is about, you know, that's, that's Mm -hmm. about Bush and how he was bad, right? We should all bite him. Um, yeah, yeah. Except, except now, <laughs> except now, people are trying to bring him back and be like, "Hey, remember how he was good? Actually, remember how he was slightly less terrifying." <laughs> well, you know, uh, Bush Bush was very bad, and we should remember him that way. And uh, as bad as Trump is. He hasn't done anything as bad as the Iraq War yet. Uh, yeah. You know, he might. <laughs> he probably will, actually. He but, will. But he yet. seems to be very specifically ramping up for that right now. But yeah, that's, uh, that's yeah. true. <laughs> uh, we, I'm, I am predicting war with North Korea, actually. <laughs> but, uh, but, but anyway. Yeah. Um. So let's. Uh. I guess we're on to year zero then, which is a real mm-hmm. holding a mirror up to society. Uh, oh yeah kind of record and you know how we feel about those oh yeah we love them <laughs> this is okay and this is another concept album mm-hmm. dystopian this... vision of 2022 well, well the thing is like i was listening to this album and like i sort of knew it was like about you know dystopian future or whatever but i wasn't paying that much attention to the lyrics and, yeah. and then I came on Wikipedia and I read like the plot summary, and it fucking <laughs> blew my mind. Like, it's, it's that's what this album ridiculous. is about. <laughs> well, it's, yeah. it's very specific. Like, it's not. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's well, it a, was like it was like supposed to be like a video game or there was, part of. So, so what it was, um, and I actually remember because I was. If we can go back into this, I was like part of the Nine Inch Nails fan base that helped like unpeel this onion. Uh, <gasps> but it was. Oh my uh, god! I'm so impre- I'm so impressed. <laughs> that sounds like I'm making a joke, but anyway, I'm not. I think that's great. But like, there was there was basically like just a a, a uh, it it. 
basically people just kept finding these weird little clues like there was a tour shirt for like a european tour in like 2006 that had like if you looked at all of the highlighted letters in it um it would spell out i am trying to believe.com which uh you would like go there and it would be like this uh this informational website uh, that was all like glitched out about this like drug that the government has been putting in the in the water supply since like <gasps> 2018 or something, and it's making us all like like a complacent um, and and hiding these visions of this this like extra planar like hand that is just like descending from the heavens to punish us all for our 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 deeds and like there was this just massive network of websites and like. Uh, hidden messages in like leaked songs and things like that that just that were just they were supposed to be like they were all glitched out because they were supposed to have been like dragged back through time or something okay uh, from this dark future world um but yeah they all painted this picture of this horrible like theocratic uh, future like the apparently the entire Middle East had been lost to nuclear war at some point sure. and yeah, yeah, um, and yeah. One of the one of the main parts, because uh, there is a there is sort of an environmentalist um, kind of slant to this album, but the the presence, which is what you see on the on the album's cover, this this weird sort of ethereal hand, um, is supposed to be some kind of. I thought dis- it was a tooth. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not that smart. <laughs> But yeah, it's just this thing that's like descending uh, into Earth and and then like destroying uh, uh, mankind for having uh, ruined uh, the planet. Essentially, was kind of the, the the gist I got from it. It was a yeah. it was a whole long time ago, and all of those sites have unfortunately been taken down and replaced oh, with advertisements for like the the viral marketing company that was uh it responsible for it um okay but if you look uh as nine inch nails fans are want to do they're 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 a horrid little busybody archivists so there is a like full mirror of all of those websites okay. available on um i think i think ninwiki.com has that Sure. Uh, if you want to look into that, it's it's a really interesting rabbit hole to lose yourself in. Uh, okay. Yeah. Sorry, well, I, feel I like liked I about that for forty five minutes. <laughs> no, it's okay. I liked that these uh, these like posters that look like crass posters. The <laughs> art is resistance. Yes. You have a voice. Yeah, mm-hmm. it says. Yeah, it's like fucking crass uh, flyers. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And yeah, like I mentioned, one of the one of the video, like it was supposed to be like this resistance meeting uh, of one of the videos I found on one of the websites. And and these people were like meeting up to like plot acts of sedition. And then they took like a, a an elevator into the, the basement where Nine Inch Nails was playing a show. And then like future cops came in to like shut down the whole thing. It's yeah. <laughs> it's your cops. Fucking future cops. It's future cops. Like, what are you going to do? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but anyway, this album is bit, like the music on this album is fun, too. But like the whole story behind it is a lot and and really 
Just was exactly what my dumb seventeen year old yeah. ass. It's <laughs> it's it's uh, like a lot of uh, anti Bush uh, art. Mm-hmm. It's not and and, and uh, let me be perfectly clear. It's not that anybody was wrong <laughs> because everybody was right to be against George Bush, and everybody is wrong now for trying to rehabilitate this fucker. Just let him die. Mm-hmm. Don't try to do that because it's really offensive. But all this stuff is like stupid. <laughs> it's all it's all stupid. It just it, it doesn't age well. It's dumb. Like American idiot. American idiot is hilariously stupid. You want to hear? Let me tell you. About the, the okay, just on the same vein, the Halloween the Halloween costume I wore to school the year uh, this album came out. Oh my uh, god! I got a Grim Reaper cloak uh, and a scythe that I like drew an American flag on in blood and a George Bush mask. Oh my god! I would have been would... in love with you. <laughs> uh, oh my god! That's perfect. That's awesome. That's so cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's the level of, of discourse that I was bringing at the table when I thought this album was the absolute shit. So I mean, that was that was the example that you had. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, what else were you going to do? <laughs> um, in my defense... My violent heart fucking goes off as hell. <laughs> <laughs> That's just a good song. So is survivalism. Yeah, survivalism That's... is good. Yeah. Like, I'll allow it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean the th- the thing about Trent Reznor is Trent Reznor is like legitimately super fucking talented. Really great musician and everything he's also kind of dumb right yeah like he's like he's he's dumb Mm -hmm. it's fine he can't help he can't help it i don't sense an incredible intellect from his lyrics but uh i don't necessarily know if that means he's dumb uh i mean i mean like in interviews and shit he seems reasonably thoughtful but uh but but yeah i mean I'm, the concept of this album is dumb for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, seriously though, dude. Like when when I like read the fucking plot summary after listening to the album, I was blown away. <laughs> like, is that really what that fucking album was? About? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was not paying attention. If if that was the case, I'm never paying attention. <laughs> um. But yeah, I don't really have. I mean, I don't know. I didn't think it was good. Honestly, it, it was. It wasn't good. That's. that's oh, that's, that's uh, one thing. On this album. One thing I do like is uh, there's a remix album of this. Oh, of course. It's a really good album. Yeah. Okay. Well, I haven't heard it, but uh, it does have a remix by the guy from uh, the Knife. Oh yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And I like the Knife quite a bit. And they were a band that I was into when Shaking the Habitual came out. And then I forgot about I forgot all about them. And then uh, that new Fever Ray album came out. 
where she's horny as fuck, mm. and everybody's gonna fucking hear about it. <laughs> um, and it's a really good album. And so I listened. To, uh, so I was listening to the Knife again. They're good as hell. The Knife. The Knife. They're good as hell. <laughs> they're so good. Dude, I haven't listened to them in a long time. They're good as hell. You don't. You just don't get it. I guess. They're really good. Silent Shout is good. Shout, Silent Shout fucking rules. I couldn't get into shaking the habitual though. Of course you couldn't. It wasn't for you. It sounds like Animal Collective. <laughs> it does not sound like Animal Collective at all. How dare you? <laughs> it kind of does. It does not. All right. All right. I'm just saying, next time you listen to it, try not to think about Animal Collective. Jesus Christ, you're going to ruin it for me. <laughs> Um, so that brings us to the slip, which is the mm-hmm. uh, last one we're talking about here. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'd like to give this album the slip. <laughs> Bam! <laughs> I really hated this album when it came out. Um, well, I've come to enjoy it. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was it was released free. Um, on a on a Creative Commons license, which uh, has allowed me to steal from it. Um, one of the cool things that Trent Reznor does is he like a lot of a lot of his albums. He puts up like all of the stems and all of the like multi track files for it, um, so I could steal all of his cool beeps and boops and uh, put them in my podcast and yeah, mix them bleep bloops up. Yeah. yeah. That is cool, cool, actually. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate that that he would do that. that. Yeah, he did the, the all of the slip and all of uh, ghosts are all like Creative Commons uh, licensed for that. So that's that's pretty cool. Nice. Yeah, and ghosts was that that big long one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the big long instrumental one, and then yeah, he like you can just peel apart all of those tracks and use whatever you want so it just becomes like this huge like nine inch nails sound repository that you can pull from it's it's great uh, so yeah you... I'll, I'll pass on that <laughs> <laughs> so you didn't care for it at first but uh it, did it grow no. on you it, it definitely it definitely has grown on me um it a lot of it, it See now, since since the slip, Nine Inch Nails has mostly uh, uh, been like putting out like short. Well, the the, the breakup happened, uh, or not the breakup because it's just one guy, but the, the breakup that, that movie. Yeah, yeah. Well, that that actually probably did happen. I think within a couple years of the slip. Yeah, I think that was uh, like 2007, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jennifer um, Aniston. But uh, but yeah, Nine Inch Nails stopped being a thing after after the slip, and then ever since they came back, they've just been releasing like these shorter EPs, um, which I think is like, uh, as far as like putting out like quality albums go, probably a better idea because yeah, like something like this, like this could have been it's it's a forty three minute long album. It probably could have had like two or three or four tracks cut off of it. Um, and been a just generally tighter um, and more palatable uh, production, but I don't know. 
I, I like a lot of songs off of it. Discipline's fun. Um, yeah, it's not as good as the Throbbing Gristle song, which is also called Discipline. Well, I can't argue with that. Discipline! <laughs> Discipline! We need some discipline in here! <laughs> Um, he's got another. He's got another song uh, named after a uh, a uh, Twilight Zone episode on this album. Because on a, one of the other albums, he's got one called uh, "Where Is Everybody," which was the first Twilight Zone episode. Uh, this one, he's got a song called "The Four of Us Are Dying." Mm-hmm. Here's the thing about the Twilight Zone: those episode titles, some of them are like really evocative and really cool, like just the titles. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Like I shot an arrow into the air. Yeah. Yeah. King Nine will not return. I love the Twilight Zone, you guys. It's a good show. It's a good <laughs> show. I'm really glad that they did it. Yeah. yeah. They're fucking out there doing it. Remember that episode where Anne Francis is in a department store overnight and then it turns out that she's a mannequin? Yeah, I do. Yeah. I do remember that episode. Yeah, then ha. Hollywood comes out and is like being gay all over. Oh wait, that was the movie. The isn't movie uh, Mannequin starring Kim Cattrall. Isn't a uh, fucking Jordan Peele like reviving Twilight Zone or something? He sure is, buddy. Hell yeah, that's wild. Which that is a good idea because he's like the person to do it. I think. Mm-hmm. So. Um. Yeah, this album is okay. I don't yeah. think it's very good. I'm like, I'm glad he's still out there doing it. Right. Like, I'm glad for him. Good on you, Trent. You're super yeah, jacked like, now. That's cool. Yeah, I guess like, uh, much like uh, Henry Rollins, I guess you just got super into weightlifting, and that's just like who you are now. You're just like a weightlifting guy. <laughs> See, I don't, th- I don't even think Trent Reznor like got into weightlifting. I think he's just naturally like that, and he just like he he put he stopped all of the the the, the heroin shrinkage. And no, then... but but nobody's naturally like that. I mean, no, it takes no, it takes effort to be like that. Because <laughs> you can be naturally big. But a person that's naturally big, if they're not working on making their body like that, they're mm-hmm. just going to be kind of fat. Yeah. Which is not what Trent Reznor has going on. Trent Reznor worked for that. And mm-hmm. you need to show him the respect he deserves for working <laughs> for that body every I... day. Because I guarantee that he does. <laughs> I, I mean, I feel like I've showed Trent Reznor plenty of respect. Maybe not for his body. Maybe not that yet, but I mean, it will happen. It if will. You believe, and I believe in you and your ability to respect Trevor's physical form. <laughs> Thanks. You're welcome. This has been a good podcast. Yeah, this is the best podcast Fuck I've yeah. ever done. <laughs> I'm very proud of it. See, the best episode of our podcast is one where I wasn't even on it. Oh, where was the Sparks Jeff, episode? Yes, Jeff and our friend talked about the band Sparks. But this one is good, too. I don't know if that was the best episode. 
It was my favorite, but that was just because I didn't have to fucking listen to myself. <laughs> <laughs> That's always a plus. Yeah. Um, well, I, I reckon that'll bring us about to the end, unless we have yeah. any final thoughts on Nine Inch Nails. Um, nope. Eve? I mean, I generally like kind of what we were talking about with the slip and ghosts and sort of um, Trent Reznor has always sort of had a a little bit more of a um, he was he was sort of on the bleeding edge of that whole movement in the early 2000s of like hey let's figure out how to do digital distribution in a way that isn't just like absolutely shooting ourselves in the foot and trying to fight a losing battle with with online piracy right. and the releasing releasing those two albums the way that he did with like with like free distribution and things like that was was part of it and i i i always really have have genuinely valued trent reznor just seems like a really fucking intense guy who knows what he wants and knows like like um how he wants like his creative endeavors to go and uh, just a really uh, in an uncompromising way and i i value that a lot a lot of that leads to a lot of indulgence um in his music some mindless self-indulgence you could even say you could you could possibly say that i i would actually agree with that um and i'm really smart (laughs) (laughs) you are i'm learning that about you um thank you but it it I generally like like I think you just have to be keyed in with like what he's what he's trying to do and and be able to get yourself in that space and that might just have something to do with being exposed to his music um like before before puberty happens um yeah yeah I was I was lucky enough to do that but yeah I don't know I think Nine Inch Nails is really really fucking good um yeah right that's that's my thoughts that's wonderful all right eve uh thank you for joining us today yes please come back anytime i would love to yeah yeah and uh if you'd like to plug any work that you do oh right right. yeah um i have i have a uh i have a web comic and a podcast um my web comic is called ghost puncher my podcast is called ghost puncher core um they're uh they kind of take place in the bo- in the same universe um the they're about sort of um mercenaries working for uh lucifer um shepherding uh uh unsupervised souls from the mortal plane back to back to hell um we're actually just finishing up the first uh major story arc of uh ghost puncher core and we're about halfway through uh our second issue of ghost puncher you can check them both out at um ghostpuncher.net i don't know if i mentioned ghost puncher core is a um it's a dungeons and dragons actual play podcast um, that I make with my wife and a couple of my friends. Um, but again, set in that, that same, this same kind of, uh, wild and crazy universe, um, and featuring, um, a lot of Nine Inch Nails music that I use because <laughs> it's freely available. Yeah. Yep. And we will, um, post links on our Facebook page so that y'all can check out Eve's work and the cool stuff that she does. 
because she's cool and she's my friend and now you all know how cool she is and that was that was our show uh we don't know what we're doing next episode yet but yeah so just shut up we'll do the hint on facebook again yeah Uh, so keep your eyes peeled for that yep all right friends yep goodbye take it easy take easy yep ta-da easy Yeah.